everybody. <laughs> this is a very bittersweet podcast that we're having today. Oh, shed a tear. Oh. I cried earlier. Are we yeah. on location at the funeral home right now? That's right. Oh, okay. Just burned all those cards. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but it's bittersweet because bad things happen this week. But what are good you things happen. No, Chris Casby. No, Shut up, DCL. Yeah. You're yeah, a I mean, fucking idiot. I hate you. Shut up. Welcome to Scrubland, episode <laughs> number 44. <laughs> starring uh, a very bittersweet cast of players. We have Chris Casby over there. I mean, it's a sad thing that happened, but... We have Chris we Burrows. Have, we have Chris Otwell here, too. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's a good mistake. Had to get the fuck out of the stand. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> but Jace. Why Jace? All right. We're, we're going to talk probably ad nauseum about the bannings later on, so... Ironically yeah. enough, I'm actually on location in later. Virginia. It's true. We, there, there's no Skype business, because basically what happened is Chris Otwell was like, hey, can I be on Scrabble? We're like, we don't Skype. He's like, all right, I'll fly out to Richmond. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what right. happened. Right, yeah, okay, sure. Keep that going in your mind, yeah. <laughs> so incredibly prestigious that, I mean, people are flying in to get a guest spot. Absolutely. This is the LSB is going to be on next week. <laughs> yeah, okay. all right. Yeah, right. <laughs> sure. Uh, so what are we talking about other than... What else is there to talk the about? Honestly, what else is there to talk? Wait, do you have some incredible backdoor topic that you're going to spring on me right now? Well, let's, I mean... talk, let's talk about all the things that happened that are relevant to us. All right. To so us. basically, we took a we took a week off. All right. And it was that bad. Well, no, it wasn't that bad. No. I wanted to go to the bar. Oh, though that's yeah. true. We we had to we had to go help Chris Casby hit on some girl. Uh, you didn't have to help me. I was gonna go to the bar regardless. Chris Burroughs had a shitty week, oh, so I was like, okay, hey, I'll so, take you out for drinks. I just got paid. It's true. So and Chris, I was like, oh, if Chris Burroughs is coming, then I'll tell DCL to come along too. Okay, so basically he threatened us and said, hey, if uh, you don't come to the bar, well, I'm not coming anyway. So good luck podcasting without me. Oh, it's not like that. <laughs> Definitely didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't bribery with beer, huh? No. I mean, well, <laughs> this bar had like two dollar highballs, so yeah. I mean, it's like it was br- bribery was not really the name of the game. <laughs> it's not that hard to convince me to go with some two dollar highballs. I'm not gonna lie. That you didn't drink. I was like, hey, my shots. You're like, man. They had two dollar. They had they had two hearted ale on tap. On tap. Oh a- my god. Uh, bonus points to anyone in the in the show notes that can link me. Two hearted ale has been the beer of the week. Yeah. At some point. And I was like, for real? You have that on tap? Uh, deal. I was just going to get Guinness, but I I actually recognize a beer. Something that I've done in my life paid off. So, <laughs> Sweet. Drinking beer paid off in my life. Drinking beer paid off to the point where I know enough beers that the beers are now running into each other. It's true. I have so, lots of good recommendations of German beers. I, I had somebody, uh, I was Gmail chatting with somebody today. He offered to... Um, he said that if he could if he could devise a way to ship me beers from California that would stay fresh and, and cold, that he would do it via like UPS what, or something. What, they go bad if they don't stay cold? Is I, don't that kind of beer? I don't know. No, no, no. They don't go bad, but you have to get them like within like a month or two of... of, of... <laughs> I mean, I don't know how long well, it takes to get I across the country. I don't trust the U.S. Postal Service. Like... <laughs> no, we mean. don't trust the U.S. Postal Service. <laughs> it's happened it's liquid. You know what they happened don't... last time we used them? It's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's liquid. They wouldn't want to ship it anyways. You have to have like special shipping. Special yeah, exactly. Shipping. So I... 
Apparently, I just have to go to California to get these beers. We can do that. I've had multiple listeners offer to buy me a beer. Well, if you show up in Colorado, I'll, I'll treat you to some beers. Good. Heck See? Yeah. All right. That's worth it. We no, can drink you, a lot of beer. That that would pay. Hell, for the I showed up in Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You already told us that Denver is like this wasteland of nothingness that nobody wants to go to. What was the closest? Except drive? we have the most per capita unique microbrews in every state of every state. That's true. I have some friends over there that have told me the same thing. Yeah, you have some from really great ones out there. Someone I mean, told me about a dinosaur beer, and I was really excited to drink that. Is yeah. it made out of fossils? I hope yeah. so. <laughs> it's made by fossils. <laughs> I don't know what happens. Old men, so old. grumpy old men, because they live in fucking Denver. I'd be very interested like, to see that. <laughs> Here's some beer. Yep. Deal. They also got awesome weather too. But... <laughs> okay. Dry, <laughs> dry snow. I don't, it almost we'll... never snows in town. It always snows on the mountain. I mean, we're East Coasters. We're used to fair weather, so it, there's just, it, Denver's just a we'll weird city. We'll get 70 city. degree weather in January. So. Denver's just a weird oh. city because there's like different <laughs> really? there's different yeah. rules for baking in Denver. Yes, this is elevation, right? Yeah, yeah elevation can't... matters affects how things cook. Yeah, that's just a weird thing. To or me. how bread rises. Yeah, but anyways, I was going to say, or how we uh, how beers ferment. In case you ever want to make your own. I was going to ask. In case anyone in the internet world is wondering, we're going to be linked on Food Network's website because we're talking about baking in Denver. Uh, no, okay. As well as microbrews. Hey, you can get money that way. It's true. I, I, was at, I was asking if anything else relevant happened in Magic Cards yeah, this week. And appara- happened. Apparently. It's been two weeks. It's been two weeks since we like, chatted okay, about so, it. Okay, so all of those sweet vampires lists and like Manic Vandals main deck, those are, those are going to still be relevant now, right? No, sir. We can still play those. Also, no, sir. We're going to get to that when we talk about the banning. Well, also, is it just me or I? Uh, is it weird that they're banning uh, Stoneforge and Jason? Wait, banning? What? Oh, that's what we were supposed to talk about. Yeah. Bannings. Oh. Is it weird that they're banning Stoneforge and Jace? On, Wait, what, what? All right, so guys. Cats you... out of the bag. No. What? Yeah. Say that again? Oh, they're banning. It's not weird. Jace the Mind Sculptor and Stoneforge Mystic. It is totally weird that they're banning Jace. Not so weird that they're banning Stoneforge. No, um, in fact, I don't think it's all that weird that they decided to do both. Because they needed to actually axe the entire deck. Like, is it? Okay, now. <sighs> they had to re- earlier, regain faith of the player base by having to kill the entire deck. It's true. I mean, like, if you read between the lines of that, that article that, uh, that they wrote about uh, why the bannings happened, it's mostly because of player attendance. Uh, it's not because they thought that it was such a bad format. Like, it is actually, like, they, they thought that a one-deck format with so many different er- alterations on the same deck could have been exciting. And, it, and a lot of people did say, including Kyle Rose was on the show a couple weeks ago, said that some people actually like the format to be that way. Like, taking yes. what they think is a really good deck and tweaking it to beat the metagame, that's fun for a lot of people. Yes. But it's not fun for most people. It's only fun for a very very small margin of players. Right. Where, I mean, even me, who I identify as a tournament spike, I, I really do enjoy yeah. the competitive nature of the game, going to a tournament to win, enjoying, like, trying to outsmart my opponent at all, at all moves of the game and whatever. I wasn't having fun anymore. It, it was not just spikes that appealed to. It was those who believe that skill must matter over everything. Right. I don't know. My, my two biggest qualms about both the timing and the fact that they're hitting Jace is that, number one, it's coming after two or three weeks of Vampires being huge because Vampires was smashing Callblade. The and on, not really. The only reason Vampires they, was... They won two start, the only two reason it was smashing it was because the Cobblade decks had become so inbred because it was the best deck. So for a small portion of time, you saw 
nothing but Cobblade. And then the Cobblade player said, okay, well, now I need to tune to beat other Cobblade players. And so they start yeah. focusing on the mirror so much that eventually somebody's going to sneak in there. Some Vampire's deck or some Vengevine deck is going to sneak in there and find its way to, to beat the Cobblade so deck what and saying, take over a tournament. What you're saying is because and it's Stoneforge only... was relying on Batterskull being their biggest anti-aggro card, uh, that, that just because you can kill the Stoneforge in time for the Batterskull not to come down, because they only were using the one card, it wasn't enough. And I understand that. That's fine. I'm saying that because that, that if Vampires was willing to play three main deck Manic Vandals, they deserve to win. Because the format was be, becoming so ridiculous and inbred that if you only have to target one deck to win a tournament, and you can guarantee yourself, oh, well, I'm just going to sit down and play nine rounds of the same opponent. Like, I can win. If I can just 9-0 one deck but Vampires for is an entire tournament and then try to play the finals and play that too. I mean... Uh, when a format is that homogenous, it, it doesn't sound so ridiculous when you're like, yeah, I'm going to main deck this Flash Freeze. I'm going to main deck this Manic Vandal. We've talked about these super narrow cards. And, you know, like it seems ridiculous. Well, it but doesn't it... seem so ridiculous right after an artifact block. Right? I if I if we had a diverse set of artifacts being used, I would agree with that statement. We had a very <laughs> limited number of artifacts being used, and those are the ones that were constantly being targeted. I mean, that's true. I mean, there's... You're right that the artifact block produced uh, a very limited number of really fantastic artifacts. And was it really an artifact block in the end? Uh, like it I guess towards the end it was mostly a It doesn't seem deck, like a, a card like uh, – what's, what's the card that we got as chaff today in there? Uh, prototype Portal? Yeah, I think You're, it's trash. Yeah, like it seems like trash, but it's based on a card that they made Mirrodin block. That did something very similar. I right, but that card. All card was also very bad. It had it had imprint and it's a very very basically the same card. Yeah, but people were super excited about playing that card and really wanted to. Right, but it was also very bad. And it turned well, it turned out to be bad because it just didn't materialize as anything useful in this format. Exactly. Right. So, I, like, uh, to say that this was the artifact block is really pretty loose, mostly because the mechanics they gave us to focus on artifacts. We're not outside we're, of the block play. play yeah, play. I mean, like, Esper, the Esper Shard was a more artifact-based set yeah. than this was. And this was this had three sets to explore it. They just, they didn't exploit the fact that artifacts were a thing other than putting, uh, like, Auxita Scrap Melter as a first pick and Shatter being main deck playable. Like, th 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 those were, you know, things that have been happening, and that's perfectly fine. It, but, I mean, beyond that, the fact that you have a ton of artifacts hasn't been super relevant. What's the most... All right. What's what's the like only metalcraft card that's tournament playable? Mox Opal. Uh, Pure Steel Paladin. Paladin. Pure Steel Paladin. Paladin is probably the most famous one right now, yeah. or but, the most effective one. And, and that that guy has some time to shine. I'm not I, like I'll give this. What that card's not even a real card in standard. It's like it's been tier two, it's right? Even, no, it's been a tier two deck. It's, it's yes, tier two in the sense that people play block constructed decks in standard tournaments every once in a while. Like uh, that's not yeah. even a real card. <laughs> exactly. Like Pure Steel Paladin is. Well, at the Star City Games in Denver, that was a legitimate deck that a lot of people I knew played. Oh, yeah. sour grapes, Chris Otwell. Did you lose what? multiple times to appear still valid? Yes, and I got as a Cowboy <laughs> player being outdrawn by twenty cards in a game sucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, brother. <laughs> okay, so a quarter shield. Oh, I drew another quarter shield. Well, a quarter I don't know shield. Okay. Drew another quarter shield. Doesn't play with removal. 
<laughs> I guess cobbler? Is, uh, that, is that a garbage deck? No, I, I, like, dismembers. I but. will say that in, in Indianapolis, I play Blue Black Control. He slammed a turn one Vault Scourge, and I just looked at it in dismay because literally the only answers in my deck were Karn and Volition Reigns. It couldn't die to go for the throat, and it couldn't die to Doomblade. You know, Dismember came out at the same time Vault Scourge did. I right? had one in my deck. Oh, okay. So you had an out to it? Yeah. I had a one of Dismember to kill Jeez. his Vault Scourge. It turns out he had four of those in his deck, so. You got chases, though. Yeah, yeah, Jace bats. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's just bad. It's just bad all around. Speaking of Jace, riddle me this other thing that I had a problem with the bannings about. Uh, I understand that Stoneforge restricts the format as much as because a, a, a lot of people yes. were it, it, Stoneforge was either a Callblade or it was either in Callblade with Jaces or it was played in a lot of other decks. Like it was in Boros. It like defined Boros. It was also in. Uh, I bet you it's in that Shell Paladin deck. I don't, it I was definitely it, in there too. There you go, and I mean it's restrictive in that you can it it, uh, it pushed a, bo- a lot of other strategies out by being a package that was very dominant. Yes, it was more effective effect than Tinker was in standard during its time. Probably. Absolutely, and Jace uh, is can be played in a lot more than those three decks. Yes. Can be played in a, a whole bunch of decks. It's only restrictive in the fact that it makes everyone want to play blue. Well, it makes people want to play blue, but it. To play blue. Right. I don't think everyone wants to play blue. If, play blue. if you want to play a Jace the Mind Sculptor in your deck, you have to play blue. Sword. Right, no, I'm stuck. <laughs> but the the Fate Seal, they did not have a good feeling for how strong Fate Seal really was. Especially it, you can use it on a stick, basically. Right. And, it, and in the end, I think they underestimated just how effective that is at just putting away in complete games. It's just took people out of the game and yet they still played another 10 turns to do so right i all right so i mean i i understand although when I, even though when i was playing uh valigate for all that time i didn't feel like uh jace was i mean jace was definitely a good way to put the game away uh but it didn't it wasn't like a a complete lock like i definitely still had outs at every turn which is why valigate was still right good. until the, and valigate was good during the out. end of the shard the, the shards block right it was good up, was until, good up until Mirrored and Besiege came out. Yeah. Okay. Well, up until up until basically the rotation that took out the Pithy Needle, took out Oblivion Ring, and took out uh, um, Bloodbraid Elf, Jace was only merely good. Those were the cards that kept Jace in check. And the same thing with, with the, the Valakut. I mean, those are the kind of tools that it was using along that in order to fight those decks, it was able to effectively... As a three-tier deal, Jace was kept in check at the time. I understand right. that that makes Jace more popular, but the thing that actually cut out Valakid was the Green Black Sword. And Stoneforge, yeah. again. Yes. And, and still, even if I was playing against a purely Jace-oriented deck that was trying to kill me with Jaces, I, feel, I would still feel in the game, because every time they put something on the bottom, I, still, I, w- I would have... Just uh, a random I, naked draw yeah, that, that Valakid has, like... Valakid just... Bam! So yeah, cool. I resolved yeah. this primeval titan, so that means half my deck is live. So, and and now uh, on the flip side of that coin, I do understand that uh, when they tried to ban uh, all these, uh, I, I believe this is how it happened. When they tried to ban uh, affinity, they had you know, they were like, oh, we're going to ban this, and then it didn't work. And then they banned it was like skull clamp, it didn't work. And then they banned something else, and it didn't work. And then finally they had to they banned the artifact lands, and it still kind of didn't work. Like it was still kind of a deck, and they were like, no, screw it, get rid no. of the vault. The disciples now. No, the the disciple of the vault went at the same time that curse. I think the same time that skull clamp went. Really? Yeah. I mean, none of us played standard at this time. Right. This was was something that I was. Skull clamp went not because of affinity, but because 
every deck made it impossible for control to exist. Gotcha. The the number one deck was elves. And when when you can play a mono green deck that that effectively outdraws every control deck by three to one right, over bad. the course of a game, that's just bad. Right. When goblins and elves were the number one deck in there, and then affinity was was basically a tier two deck to Skull Clan. So is even it, though it was powerful. All right. Is so, it is it a testament to like R and D that who cares? We've got that we've gone this long without having to ban a card. Yes. Yeah, like, I mean, like I would rather them try to push these strains of magic than try to yeah. play it safe. Well, I lived through the Homelands era. I don't ever want to fucking go back to right. play it safe. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, like in the in the article that Forsyth wrote, he quoted Randy Bueller straight up and even put his picture in oh, there, yeah, which. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the picture was for flavor, but it kind of it kind of made it seem more like this guy said it, not me. <laughs> um, Randy Bueller essentially said, "I would rather try to make the most powerful cards possible and then reel it back a little bit through development than play it safe and then amp a couple cards up as we go." Right. Uh, it, a perfect example is when Brandy Bueller was hired, his first uh, set that he worked on as a developer was um, Invasion Block. That was his first set. The first card that he actually submitted for, for development was the Dual Lands and the Invasion Block. So prior to that, you remember how bad Mask was in Constructed? I didn't play it. I, I, my first set was, was Decision. Mask was awesome, sir. I played Rashad and Cut Purses and Foot Pads and Breedy. So you played the pirate deck. Yeah, okay, what you freaking fun. do? That deck was fun. <laughs> it, it was only like two or three good cards in the entire block beyond. It was like Blastoderm, it was Rashad and Port, it was Unmasked, and maybe a half a dozen other cards total of the entire block that was relevant to standard. Snuff out? I wouldn't even call that relevant. <laughs> I don't know. It, it got play. It was in decks. I will say people play that card. So was in Vendetta. Vendetta was considered tier one removal. <laughs> it was then. <laughs> Snuff out has been blowing my mind. In it's it's a common. Mm-hmm. That card is worth five tickets on Moto. Five because tickets. Of popper. Because, because of Popper. Yes. I I don't know. I've been exploring Popper more and more, and I don't know. I've I've been like looking for alternatives to Snuff out. And that card's pretty good. <laughs> Not gonna. I mean, I've just been playing it in the popper context. It seems good to me. I don't know. Uh, but, but like, basically, I would rather have development, uh, or it, like, in the people making the cards, try to make the cards as exciting and powerful as possible. Yes. And then through testing, which there's a lot of smart guys working there, and I feel like it's really important to realize that like we only notice their mistakes we don't notice their triumphs because the like when they squash out some format warping combo or something that's just completely absurd you never see it you don't hear about it because it got squashed in development i do recognize their triumphs they were called jace the mind sculptor and stoneforge <laughs> no those cards were not mistakes Stoneforge was not a mistake, mistake a year them, ago. The, the mistake was them <laughs> well, making this weird format, like that cards interacted with each other in every single way, except they just ignored planeswalkers for fucking four years or something. Like, right. I mean, cool, good on you. Like, so, so all they, planeswalkers are stupid well, what they, good. What like, they Jace what, the Mind Sculptor is obviously better than all because he says draw three cards on it. So, yeah. do but you like, think? Do you think that? And, and they touched on this too. They said. Well, it's probably a mistake for us to 
take out all the answers to Planeswalkers entirely. If we if we do that, well, what they... the format tends to break a little bit. We were supposed yes. to keep Maelstrom Pulse or Oblivion Ring or something that was able to deal with Planeswalkers. Right, well, that's, that's why Aaron Forsythe admitted that taking out Pithy Needle and Oblivion Ring was was one of their worst mistakes they'd made last year. Right. But they had to. Because aren't even that good. They well, had to take Oblivion Ring out. only good against Planeswalkers. Right, decks. but it kept Planeswalkers in check. Instead, exactly. Planeswalkers so they, became overly powerful. They're fair cards. Okay. Because they, they just deal with certain types of cards. Uh, well, right. but, well, but so without them, disenchant me. But now, without like, them, the, play, the whole card type of Planeswalker became overly powerful. Right. I'm agreeing with you. You don't have to admit me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, agreeing with you. That's right. <laughs> so, here's the, so here's the question. Are you willing to play magic cards when, uh, like, uh, on some level, they had to get rid of Oblivion Ring? It had been printed every single set for three, for three sets in a row. And at some point... Like, it gets tired, and you don't want to play Oblivion Ring anymore. Like, are are you willing to play Magic when we just always have access to a card? Is that where they want R&D to go? Okay, well, Is that a good this. thing? No, but they need the concepts that those types of cards can do. We didn't have an effective set of anti-Planeswalker cards. Recently. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, tell me this. Where is future the Future Future League and all this? Because they, they they even said it in Aaron Forsythe's uh, thing. They printed Beast Within, Hex Parasite... And Phyrexian Revoker. Phyrexian Revoker, and none of those were good enough. And they should have figured it out from the Future League, right? Like, they, what happened? They, Where are they, they underestimated how powerful Planeswalkers were. Right, but that's what I'm, like, in, okay, I, I get that they underestimated it. Why aren't people playing with every kind of deck? Why, why, how come we aren't getting, like, well, that's why we have people like Randy Bueller in that department. So that, because former Pro Tour players need to be good enough here to, pick up this new deck and be like, okay, we're going to play this, and oh crap, this beats everything. Well, they need to be... We need a card. I don't think they... Uh, I don't think they actually figured out Callblade during Future Future League. Your developer... That's what I thought. Someone said that to the, me. The ideal developer not only needs to be able to play the deck really well, they need to be able to identify the best cards in a format and then build a deck around it and then have that be the best deck and then play it really well so that they prove it's the best deck and then decide... If that deck is indeed the best thing possible, and if that is healthy for Magic to do for X number of months, well, and if that's beatable. Three and of those seven steps are simply answered by the fact they made the cards. Why aren't they on top no, of that No, 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 no. The, there are two separate sides. That's why it's called R&D. The, there are people that make the cards, and there are people that test the cards. Right. And that those people that test the cards have the ability to change them. But they're friends. But they talk to each other. And remove them. Yes, they do. <laughs> but but that being said, like th- there is that interpersonal, you know, talking to each other, making sure everything works, but... Well, there's also some cross-pollination between the teams. Uh, yeah, like at some point, regardless of the the limited number of eyes that they have, like they could bring in a ton of people, and they have been bringing in people. If you haven't noticed... Wizards has been hiring a lot of people lately. Great designers. Like, well, a, lot, as well. a lot of, like, great designer search they've been bringing in. Yes. Like, Billy Moreno just got an R&D internship. What? what? Yeah. Yeah. Does he have a house now? Yeah. No, he still no. lives on the road. <laughs> <laughs> but they did show him without a beard. Whoa. He's now yeah. clean. He's like a real person. He's now clean shaven. Yeah. <laughs> it, happened. Wow. it happened. He is probably um, a goofy looking dude without facial hair. <laughs> well said. I, I, I still think some of the best... Development they had recently was when Zvi was actually one of the developers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Because Zvi stomped and howled and said, Damnation is the worst thing you could ever print for Magic cards. I can't believe you're doing this. And then they went and did it anyway. I mean, that just tells you, like, the level of, like, how much influence a developer really has. They can get outvoted. 
Yes. You know? That's I mean, fine. Like, Zv was very, very against the fact that Damnation was a card at all. That dude's just got a really cool... Name. Right, but at the same yeah, time, really, what so did come Zvi out of those... Auschwitz. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, what came out in that whole format was one of the best standard formats we've had in years. Yeah. And, it's and true. It's a testament to how good the people you have working on, yeah. on your future league, on... Uh, because... Unfortunately, uh, and didn't they admit this as well that Sword of Feast and Famine was better than they anticipated? They, yeah, they, knew, they yes. knew it was going to be good, but right. they didn't know it was going to be well. It was that good because that's it. Just put the Stoneforge Mystic over the top is what it did. Right. It became too good with that card. I mean, is this, isn't if you look at it in like a vacuum, it's probably good, but it's not going to be format warping. Stoneforge Mystic made it format warping because it came out too early. Too often. The Stoneforge Mystic preceded everything. No, and no, he doesn't mean developed too early. He meant it came out in the game too early. Yeah, it affects the game oh, too early. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. yeah like, I'm, just I'm the down. fact that you were able to end turn and then no, equip yeah. it and then get an extra... Essentially, that goes it back to I don't, walk, yeah. essentially. It, yeah, and that goes back to the fact wait, that wait, I don't wait, think wait, the Future Future League figured out Callblade, and I don't think they took uh, Squadron Hawks as being a serious constructed card. So all these cards came out, right? Yeah. While Lightning Bolt was standard legal? Yep. Yes. What what's what's Stoneforge Mystic's power and toughness? Two. One two. two. So that dies to a bolt, right? He's a squire. So he dies to a shock, sure. Yeah. So I don't understand well, like why it's the, that's the old adage of well it dies it dies to everything. Because like if you can't kill a Stoneforge Mystic with whatever removal you put in your deck, then you probably deserve to lose. The problem is that the randomness of magic cards and sixty card decks being the way that they are. Right, but you can mull, right? But him being a tutor was too powerful. I mean... I don't... <laughs> we've had tutors in Magic at every stage of the game. And they, how many they, times have they become broken? All right. Broken is a weird phrase because... When a tutor not, also can reduce the casting cost or overall cost of a spell to play it, then you have the... Then you go back to the um, power artifact problem, the... Whatever that transmute artifact problem and the tinker problem. And right, Stoneforge yeah. Music was the modern version of that same issue. I understand. I understand. I just don't think that it was because there, there's so many stipulations, okay? Like, because it's like, okay, I make this Stoneforge mistake. I cheat this thing into play. Batterskull was the mistake that kind of made put it over the edge, okay? Because Batterskull was a creature in addition to being this ridiculous. But they're not going to ban Batterskull because Stoneforge is well, what makes Batterskull the mess. the fact that they already said that Batterskull was kind of a weird. Thing that they put out because yeah. Stoneforge existed, okay? Like, like the the other things, like getting swords, okay, yes, it is very powerful, okay? The fact that you can go fetch out this mythic, powerful sword is very good, okay? Those cards aren't broken in and of themselves because they rely on other things for them to be good. You have to have a creature in play for that to do anything, okay? So the fact that you're, they, like, every, like this whole argument is like, oh, this Stoneforge Mystic goes and gets this and just puts it on itself and it's this ridiculous creature, it's like, well, yeah, but it starts off as a creature that's not ridiculous. It's very easy to handle at that point, and it goes and gets a card that's kind of a dead card until they play another creature. So it's like, it feels like Batterskull is the thing that pushed Stoneforge Mystic to the place where it's unreasonable. Because I never felt bad when my opponent fetched out a Sword of War and Peace. Because, I never felt bad either. Because I, I'm just like, cool, well, now I just have to kill your Stoneforge and just have to deal with yeah. crappy little 1-1 one, one flyers, which is very easy in this format. There was the like, alternate way to deal with it, which is, well, whatever you went and fetched, I'll just make you go discard it. Exactly. I'll, I'll, dis I'll duress it from your hand, and then we'll be done with that. Exactly. And then you have a 1-2, and I don't have to worry about your 1-2, because what's he going to do to me? Who cares? Yeah. 
Nice squire. It seemed yeah. like the big mistake was letting Stoneforge Mystic go get a creature in addition to the fact of being a really good, powerful creature. But but are you willing to then admit, or is a, aren't even willing to then admit that they have a card that is hampering their ability to develop better cards in the end? Because Stoneforge was something that was far beyond their ability to modify at that point. Right. You're right. You're right. Uh, but I, just, I don't. I feel like them. They they know that they printed Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah, and but they it, made. But they, Okay. Right. Like, and it was a year and a half between them. But they were not going to sit there and let one card prevent them from making or or they don't have to let it making them. the ability to, to explore what a concept could do as a card. They just mm. had to modify the way in which they let the cards out. They just wait until Stoneforge Mystic isn't standard legal before they make Batter Skull. Well, I is the question that. Is living weapon just the mistake? No, in general? no, like, no it wasn't living weapon. Like, I don't like. I don't want to say I that. It was a combination of things. I will say. I will say that. I will say that living weapon. All right, me too. But e- equipment is new to Magic cards. It, essentially, equipment didn't exist before Mirrodin block. Correct. Right. And the so, and, and when they originally made Mirrodin block, they made some mistakes with equipment. They made it too good. Locks it on Warhammer was uncommon. Bone splitter is a common. These cards are pushed. By today's standards, no, they would never print a bone splitter today. Are you kidding? No. That card's insane. But, I can see him for doing it. I mean, maybe, but like they instead they give us dark steel. What was axe. bone splitter? Because someone explain that to me. It's, uh, it's one. It's a dark steel axe that's not indestructible. It costs one to cast and one to equip. Yes, and it's a common. Okay, that card seems. Well, incredible. They made, it, they made it a common right. back then because they were trying to push the idea of equipment. Exactly, and so like they want to make it new and exciting, and so. As the return to Mirrodin block, and you want to finish this rare cycle that you did originally, uh, so let's make let's go for broke. Let's finish the cycle. Let's make them exciting. Let's make them mythic rares. I don't really think that was the problem, but equipment is never it, equipment has never been the most busted thing about a format. With sort of uh, other than like Jitte or Skull Clamp, the best. I mean, that's Skull Clamp was like... obviously a mistake too. Like, is equipment just as is equipment just as dangerous as Planeswalker? Is no. that what we have to realize no. here? No, because Equipment rely on other cards in your deck to do something, okay? Sure. You have to have a creature for it to, to, yes. to be good. Mm-hmm. And your magic is this game of interactions where you say, I'm going to do this, and then you give your opponent the opportunity to respond. Right. So it's like everything you do is just an interaction with your opponent, okay? If your opponent just chooses not to interact with you and watch you, you know, equip, crush equip your them, guy and then, then kill I guess, you. cool. Like, I guess this game wasn't a game of interaction. I'm just going to beat you because you just don't want to do anything. All right, but no, to, to, make the, to, to, to fight that argument, it's not that they're as good as Planeswalkers or as powerful as Planeswalkers, but they are as hard to develop as Planeswalkers. I think that, I'll give you that yeah. they've... I'll say it, yeah. Because, like, there have been this upper echelon of, like, really terrible equipment that's yes. been unplayable. Like yes. what? And, like, I don't know, Sunforger. I don't I know really, that How about Darksteel Relic? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, like Darksteel Plate. Like or, Imperi- or Imperion Plate. Or Crafted Exoskeleton. There, there are a number of cards that just, uh, I mean... Either you, they're unplayable or they or, have to be so strong to be nearly broken. I'm sorry, anything from Kamigawa Block, excluding Jete. <laughs> um, I mean, no, no, no. Nankira was good. Nankira was good. There's like an artifact, there's an equipment in that block... 
that says like target creature or equipped creature gets tapped, destroyed target equipment or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yes, that so was Mankira. Yeah. Mankira was good. Yeah. That, okay, that, that sure. was in a, a legacy deck. That one, sh- see, that's a card ago. I think should be an M12. They there all have go. they all have insane <laughs> Japanese names. I can't remember the name of, but there were a lot of bad ones oh, in that block too. In, in any case, yes, I think that equipment is as difficult to develop <laughs> as a planeswalker, and if you push it too hard, people are gonna. People are going to equip it because it's always been the old adage of like, well, creature enchantment is the worst thing you can do in magic. Why yep. would you ever want to enchant a creature? That's just the most vulnerable thing. So they fixed it with equipment. Now, like now your now yes. your creature enchantment sticks Survive. around, and so you can keep putting it on dudes. Also, why but even then, if you go back in time, there's certain creature enchantments that were playable in, in constructed, like Rancor, Rancor, and yeah. that is ridiculously powerful because it had to be that to, be, to become playable. Armadillo right. cloak, yeah. I, like uh, armadillo cloak. Uh, I don't know, face fetters. Like there are things that actually do something when they come into play, and you can push them as holy far as strength. you can. <laughs> but then you get something like holy strength. What? Or, or no, you that's get... a good one. That's a playable one. <laughs> that's one, yeah. But that like... was only playable back during, like, revised <laughs> Fallen Empire's Dark Constructed. I just remember putting that on a late <laughs> night and feeling so good about myself. Because I was like, you can't bolt him and you can't tear him. Some, okay, mm. someone, someone tell me this. All right. So, uh, back when uh, Sword of Fire and Ice was around... Because uh, now we have to think about, I mean, rather than, than dwelling on what R&D has done, let's talk about what the format's going to kind of look like, because I think the swords are going to still be around in decks. I think the swords are that are powerful enough to still be around. I don't think we're going to see too many more batter skulls. No, no, batter, no, skulls, batter skulls, gonna... skulls are the most playable of all the equipment. It is going to, batter skulls will what? be a major component that of standard coming forward. It doesn't matter. Expensive and it, not it's expensive. It's better than freaking Baneslayer Angel. Uh, it's equivalent to base layer even... flow. Yeah. Flew? Phil flies. Flew. It has evasion, that's important. Yeah, but any dude makes him this guy bigger than a base layer. I don't know. I don't know. That's true, but then that costs a lot of mana. But uh, <laughs> let me see. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I got you. I mean, I, I believe you. Plus, also, you can always replay better. Hey, like, hey, it's hey, got... hey, now the swords, what? I think, will probably drop in half value. Yeah, but like, price. okay, so people played Sword of Fire and Ice without any kind of tutor effect, correct? Yes. How many did they play in decks? Typically three. Three. Was I mean that deck was that I mean that well, card is that good? Now, well, none of the none of the swords that we have now are on the level of either of the old swords. I feel like well, both and of the old swords are even. Peace and Fam, uh, you're right. No, no, no. Fire and Ice and and Peace and Fam are probably two of the the two best out of the five. Yeah, no, it goes uh, or six, Fire and Ice, Peace and Fam, and what are the others again? There's, There's Peace and Fam, and Light and Shadow, Light, Light and Shadow, Shadow. Uh, War and Peace. What are the other two? Uh, Body and Mind, Body, Mind, Body and Mind, and sorry. Sword of Vengeance. That's us. Okay, we can okay we can count that. I just I was thinking the protection ones, but uh, the so body the, uh, the only one that I'm thinking about that was actually because because I think that uh, it goes. Wait a minute, we forgot about great sword. It's an M12. <laughs> There's fire and ice. That's the most playable one, and then but I think feast and famine is the fire and ice <laughs> of our format, especially when Valakit's going to be big again. So, uh, like I just wanted to know like in the new decks like. Playing three Feast and Famine, it's going to be pretty reasonable. I think, yes. well, and so when Casby yes. and I were developing, like, Boros and Vampire's decks, we were putting multiple, mul- like, three and four sort of body and minds in our decks. Right. And it, like, it, de- it never seemed bad to us. Right. Because well, in aggro decks, naturally drawing these cards is fine. Right. Like, the, the ability to not tutor is not a reason to not play the card. Like, right, absolutely. And so I, I had a couple people today... Uh, message me, text message me, whatever, and and just look for my opinion on it. And 
I, I was talking to them. They're like, well, I'm pissed that I just spent money on Batter Skulls and Sword of War and Pieces. And I was like, well, that's not too bad. I Wait, mean, who buys Magic cards? That's yeah. crazy. There are people them. that buy Magic cards. <laughs> Man, imagine you just win that. Them, right? And yeah. so, <laughs> and so, like these people were mad about that. But I said, honestly, uh, look at look at it in the long view. You got a lot of play out of your Stoneforge Mystics for starters. These were all people that were playing Cobblade anyway. Mm. Uh, you got a lot of play out of those anyway. Like you lost these two Mythic equipments. But how many did you buy? They're like, well, I bought two batter skulls and a one war and piece. I'm like, okay, so what are you out? Like, sixty dollars at the most. Like, and, and that's that, that's if you were getting ridiculous about buying your cards. Like, you should have been able to find them for those prices. And, and and whatever. Like, this isn't a financial podcast. My numbers are probably wrong. I don't care. Okay. The fact is, those cards didn't become unplayable. They didn't ban the card you just bought. And feel free to go purchase a couple more sort of Warren pieces. No, don't and, do that and, now. And keep playing the card. <laughs> don't listen to them. The, but, the cards will go down in value because of the bands. Right. But that does not make them unplayable. Exactly. And they will sure. definitely still show up in Constructed. Exactly. I, I, I think that it would be remiss for people to just abandon all of these equipments altogether. They're perfectly fine. They right. do powerful things. You just don't get to make them absurd the way that they used to be. Right. Can we move on to Jace the Mind Sculptor? Because I feel like that's the card that is a little bit blowing my mind. Like I and, and don't get me that's wrong, that's the one that you thought was going to get banned without the Stoneforge Mystic. I know, I know that, and I said multiple times, let's just ban Jace. The format will change plenty. I'm honestly blown no. away that they decided to get rid of both. They had I to think get if rid they of both. got rid of one or the other, it would have warped the format enough that the other decks so. that are kind of being stifled by the combination of them can kind of blossom and just deal with them. Like, having to deal with Jace is okay. If you can deal with Jace, you're all right. Having to deal with Stoneforge Mystic, that's okay. If you can deal with Stoneforge Mystic, you're all right. It's the conjunction of the two of them where it's just like, oh, here's this piece of tempo with this unbelievable card advantage, and in a succession of two turns, you're just like, well, great. I just... When a single deck can play both combo, control, aggro, and tempo... There's always been a problem in Magic, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, and and so you're saying that because Jace has four abilities, he's aggressively costed. Those were all things that he it, enabled the deck to do. It was not just him, but he was among he was contributor to what this deck was. This deck was a card advantage I mean, engine there, that played tempo and aggro. There were Jace decks, and Stoneforge Mystic has been around for a long time, and Valakut for the longest time longest time was quote unquote the best deck. Right, it beat Jace decks. Right. It was it was it was what it did. It was just like okay, well, there's Jace that defeats everything, but Valakut just keeps it in check. And then they came out with Stoneforge Mystic, and that didn't do anything. And then they made these stupid swords, and that's yeah. what did something. Well, so so like, it's like now that we're losing these these pieces of Jace and Stoneforge Mystic, like we just default to the other best deck of the format. Well, Valakut will I, go I, back. Valakut will go back to being good. I want to run the time warp here, which is. Uh, Jace decks used to not be insane. Like when when before Scars and Mirrodin came out, Jund was the best deck. Yeah, right. Worldweight came out. Jace the Mind Sculptor was was around. Right. And because Cascade was around, because Jund was a deck, and because 
It kept things, it in check. Yeah, because things, things well, were very powerful. You were able to fill the board yeah. with cheap creatures that were powerful enough to be able to, to I, I fight mean, Jace. I don't think it's cheap creatures. I think it's haste creatures. I think had the well, haste had, it, had an impact too, yes. I think it had the most impact. Right. But also, I mean, Blightning, just the fact that you could get the infinite value off of Blightning. Yeah. When you're don't able to go, when, when Bloodbraid into Blightning was a play in standard... Jace Mind Sculptor was not offensive. Yeah, because Jace was like, I'll, I'll plus two it to give him that bolt range. It's like, cool, I'll still kill it. I mean, yeah. you can still get him, and even even if just Blightning was the problem, well, they're getting recursive brainstorms, well, I have discard two plus take three damage. Right. And then your brainstorm didn't seem that good, right. because I was able to counteract all the things your brainstorm were supposed to do, plus a little bit more. So that was perfectly fine. Uh, I really like the fact that they put the format where it was, and I really liked that tension between Jace the Mind Sculptor and Jund. And and those were good decks, and I felt like they clashed well, and it was not a one-deck format. It was yeah. a two- or three-deck format. Well, Jund and, was... I, well, and, and arguably, Jund, arguably, Jund was a better deck, and yeah. it had better results overall, but Jace was certainly pushing where Jund was at. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the time. Well, the blue eye control deck that kind of spawned as the answer to Jund yep. was it was very good. Yeah, and it it had its foils as did Jund. And, it was healthy. Know. It was a healthy format. I right. think that the only place that R and D dropped the ball was that once like Bloodbraid Elf rotated, and they they touched on this in their in their release article as well. Was well, we knew that the format was super powerful. And we'd gone from fairies to Jund to Jace, and like we just kept ramping up the formats over and over and over. We kind of knew that we had to ramp the formats down. Hmm. If like if we didn't ramp the formats down, Magic was just going to have this power creep, and that had been noted by a feel lot like of players. They did it wrong, hmm. right? But a lot of players had noted that a lot of the time. They're like, "Are you guys just going to keep power creeping everything?" No, they do it. They do it periodically where you have to ramp it down. Yeah, to certain and blocks. so yeah. they they were like, and we saw that a little bit where they were like, oh well, we're gonna make blue bad. Like only blue is gonna be bad, but magic cards will still be good, so you can still fight fairies. And so then Jund became the best deck because blue yeah. was bad. I mean, to be honest, even Scar's block has been a little ramped down. Like, right, exactly. Yeah. And so they decided that Scar's block was the end of it, and we're gonna start making Scar's block a little like. You're not going to see the complete power cards that you used to. Mm-hmm. And they even admitted that the the three planeswalkers they put out in Zendikar weren't as good as no. they probably could have been. Right. We could have pushed those guys more if we wanted to. Right. We didn't. And but they, they but the that. argument was, was did they push the planeswalkers in Shards block too much? Uh, probably. Like Elspeth Knight Errant was an amazing card. God, I love that, that card. was that was arguably too good. It wasn't it wasn't so good that it warped a format, but it was certainly a playable card. I mean, I that think made entire decks viable. Yeah. Obviously, Nicobolus was broken. <laughs> I mean, like, and I, uh, I'm and uncastable. <laughs> I'm actually really happy that they're making Soren Markov in, in the in the core set. I think that Why? guy's perfectly suited. I think it's suited, fine because they're trying to slow down the format. For core set. They're trying to slow down the format. And he seems, seems he seems exactly format. right for the vampire theme that they like to push in core sets, and the fact that. Like he just he's a little bit more expensive and he doesn't do anything like completely busted. He's beatable. He's good flavor. Yeah, he, like he's good flavor. Like he just kind of hit. He hits all the notes that I like Planeswalkers to hit. On a side note, before the format rotates, I really just I'm gonna make a deck and bring it to an F and M or something that is just 
literally 100% based around ultimate, ultimating Liliana. It's the only ultimate that I've never done, and it's the only one I really, really want to do. Oh, I got to do it at the M11 pre-release. God, doesn't that feel it, good? It, it was in sealed deck. Oh, watch it, it was, happen. Well, I, I don't know if my opponent realized it, because I made him discard a card. I went up to seven. He was like, okay. And then I went up to eight, but he didn't have any cards in hand. He was like, I didn't know you could do that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. exactly. And he was like, uh-oh. That sounds bad because like he played the card out of his hand. Like I'm gonna beat it. I'm gonna. I'm, right. Liliana's not gonna go ultimate. I can finish him off by not putting it. Like just he's never gonna make me discard. Right. And wait a minute. Then everything came into play, and and then he was like, "Well, I just I just want to let you swing." Like he he was not even willing to to scoop. He was like, "Well, I mean, just everything that you brought into play, like just every creature that the game's seen so far." Just, how negative can you get me? <laughs> you made me count it out. God, it was, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, it was it was super exciting. Oh, I'm not gonna let my opponent scoop either. I'm like, I don't care if all your cards are off the table. I get to turn these guys sideways. <laughs> Wait a minute, have you ultimated Sandra Blaze? Yeah, it feels really good. Really? Mm-hmm. How do, do you even do that? Uh, mostly casual. Games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what the ultimate is on that card. Uh, so you just play all sorceries and instants from your graveyard without paying their casting costs. Yep. All the red sorceries and instants. Yeah, there you right. go. Yeah. So you yeah. gotta be like mono red. So okay. you have to do cruel ultimatum, obviously. How do you can cast a blight now? I never did. I, 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 it's just a... God, that'd be sick, though. Weird. You pitch a cruel ultimatum, do four damage. You cast like a Batumidus Blast. And then cast blast. it for free? Booyah. <laughs> Like, yeah, you Batuanus Blast totally. out of your graveyard. Absolutely. And then you get a coward out of your deck. Because Cascade. Booyah. So yeah. I'm terrified <laughs> of having to play against Valakut for the next four months. Uh, is that... <laughs> All right. That, that's, I, what I, it's, that's what this conversation is coming to a, a head to. That's not even true. Is how this... So play Landy. This, this new... No. Play Landy? Yeah. What land... Like, do you have a Reign of Chaos in your deck or something sick that I don't know Tell about? You what, if they <laughs> like, Stone I Rain, I'll absolutely play Landy again. I refuse to pay four for a land destruction card. You know, okay, so... Because guess what? That's just being too old school. I think you're being, <laughs> yeah. being old-fashioned. Remake, remake Pillage. Huh? I'm being too old-fashioned? I think so. If I, if for me to cast an on-time land destruction spell, it's the same turn that they're putting a Primeval Titan into play, guess what? I'm still going to fucking lose. I could play a fucking land destruction Someone... spell for the next ten turns in a row. All right. They're still going to win. So uh, You have Evil Presence and Spreading Seas. Oh, you're right. So uh, We don't have Spreading Seas after yes, you do. October, though. But well, we won't have Velikut. <laughs> so, so guess what? Evil Presence, Spreading Seas. I'm calling it now. That's the new deck. Make it happen, folks. No, God Make damn. it happen. No, goddamn. Uh, so, okay. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Spreading Seas isn't an answer to Valakut. Yeah, huh? No. It kind of is. They, it it. they changed Valakut. The, the Spreading Seas was the answer to Valakut because it Spreading Seas, they're forests. Right. That was their answer. But now we, we play enough forests. Now they, they warped Valakut around Spreading Seas because Valakut's that good that they're like, oh, they're playing Spreading Seas? Let's play Lotus Cobras. Right. Let's play other spells. Let's play Overgrown Battlements. We right. we just work around Spreading Seas. Right. And you're like, oh, well, cool. Look at my little answer. That well, just, just yeah, but anymore. using the creature ramp actually weakened that deck somewhat. It's I don't think... I think Chris. I think that when the deck started playing Overgrown Battlement, it actually got stronger. Because it gave it game against Red Deck wins, and it actually gave it just a more... Resilient way, to, right. just a more uh, consistent way to cast the spells. I will, I will give you this. Well, Valakut will again be a real deck. Primeval Titans will go up in value uh, because Valakut it's the, because it was it's the only the best deck, and it was only kept sure. in check by Callblade. Sure, but the problem, the the difference is that that mm. deck got suppressed 
And in that time, we've had two new sets come out, uh-huh. and there are new things in the format, i.e. I. Splinter Twin. <laughs> which it, which you, like you're giving me that laugh because like you don't think it's a real deck, but it's not without Jace. That, that's, I I've never lost to it. I can't call it a real deck. I, but like, are are you yeah, all the stupid garbage decks I've ever played? I've never lost that deck. So how can I say it's a real deck? <laughs> I you know I don't know. I, I I do I do not have a good answer for that. I think that Splinter Twin is a viable deck right now, even without Jace. Like that's that's been the question I got a lot today too. You're was no- how do people play this deck if they don't have Jace? Are, like you're gonna play a you blue, com- you're gonna play a blue combo deck without Jace? That's un- unimaginable. I can't believe that you'd ever consider playing this deck without that card. And you know what? Throw a couple extra counter spells in there. I think you'll be just fine. Although I did make a honestly, joke. I did what? make a honestly? joke honestly because Jace and counter spell do the same thing. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I did. I did make a joke the other day, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna, <laughs> chase, I'm gonna play Jace Bellerin and Tezzeret's Gambit so I can draw cards while I'm drawing cards." But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a goal in life. <laughs> but uh, you can play the cards <laughs> so you can make your baby Jace. Um, uh, just it says for recall instead of brainstorm. Obviously, yeah, there obviously. you go. No, but I mean, no, um, to, to rebut you earlier, uh, you did have to get a top, lucky top deck in our, you know, our game three at that crappy F and M. So, uh, oh, Chris versus Chris, oh, Scrubland mirror match. Look at this lucky top deck. <laughs> It was a lucky top deck. Terrible. Wait, was, that, was that red deck wins or was I playing blue white control? You're playing blue white and it stripped your whole hand. Yeah, that's true. A lucky top deck and a deck that just draws cards every fucking turn. Oh, like, wait, wait, no, no, no. you Chris weren't Kaz- drawing any Hang extra on. cards. Well, wait, Chris, I just I stripped your whole hand. Chris Casby, were you, were you playing Jace the Mind Sculptor in that game? Yes. Did you have, did you have Jace? Jace's. Jace in that game did, did, was was Jace right. drawing you cards? Jace. Were, were you using Jace's draw cards ability? Yes. Oh well, the, see now that Chris Burrows that explains it. Obviously, Jace, that expl- now we very, know. Very now good. we know. Jace was very very good, and it probably was a mistake for R and D to make him. Okay. <laughs> that being know. said, I, I just they they they've kind of made it their thing not to ban cards in standard, and they just go like they they kind of make it a point. It's like oh they make a mistake. They just fix it in the next set. No, but the statistics... Like, oh, we made fairies? Let's make something that, that fixes okay, it. Well, well the, that took a little while. Then but, basically... Well, you know, but you know what okay, I'm saying. They, Cassie, yeah. they, they go through these That's cycles. That's basically... Okay, the admission that they're making right now is... Okay, we, we went to Dallas, correct? Right. And in Dallas, the entire top eight was all 4X Jaces. Right. Okay. So they said, all right, well, that sucks, and we're sorry, and, you know, we, we got all the statistics, and, you know, that, like, we... We run the numbers. We realize that card is really good. <laughs> also, it was also 4X. Okay. We are 10 magic players okay. with Jason Mind Sculptor good. They all said yes. All right. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> got a point. There's also all 4X preordained. Okay, sure. So uh, they said, that's fine. We're going to wait until new Phyrexia comes out, and then maybe things will change. We pre- we've got some new cards coming. We'll use the wait and see mechanic. Like, hey, look at our, Check out these sweet asses of Plane Walkers. They all have one toughness. Exactly. Like R and D used their wait and see mechanic. We're gonna wait and see. Maybe maybe things will be different in a little bit. And instead, they said, "Oh, well, look it. at that! Uh, GP Singapore just happened, and seventy or I'm sorry, eighty percent of the day two decks had Jaces, and seventy percent of the decks had Stone Forges. Well, I, I guess that nothing that we did Mattered. from New Phyrexia Mattered happened to have any kind of impact. So, I, like, what what more were they supposed to do? Because 
What more were they supposed to do? Chris Burroughs not he, make garbage two one creatures that say, "Oh, you can't do okay, this." Okay, I agree. They they tried and don't they failed. Don't make hex parasites. You know, don't I, don't but, make your answers things that are garbage. Well, that's the thing is, <laughs> if Revoker had hexproof or if it had actual shroud, one way or the other, it would be actually be pretty reasonable. Yeah, it would also be fucking insane. Are you kidding me? Like pithing needle would no. be a, like no, <laughs> they could have made him a one one. No, they could make fair hexproof. cards like pithing needle or oblivion ring cards no. that aren't really broken okay. in and of themselves. A 1-1 one, one hexproof doesn't even make that unreasonable. Basically, what they're saying right now is that, whoops, uh, we realize that right now, if we don't if we don't use this banning on June 20th right now to fix this, uh, we don't have anything in M12 coming that's going to fix it. Right. And the entire summer of magic is fucked. Yep. Sorry, guys. Hope you enjoy not coming to stores or playing anything well, maybe you want to join an intramural soccer league or something because magic cards isn't what you're doing this summer right. unless you want to play Cobblade versus Cobblade. right so I mean, once organized play noticed that they were dropping attendance shit had to happen yeah absolutely magic is a business they have to keep <sighs> players coming to stores if nobody's coming because they don't want to play the format it's just, they it's have just, to do it's something. Just another example That's exactly of, why it's Affinity was given the axe before. It's another yeah. example they had of to kill the entire deck down the game to bring for back the, the fucking crowd, which is awful, and I hate no, that. No, it's not dumbing uh, down. They had to kill the deck to bring back players. All the good players... They did it with Necro. That, like, they did it with Affinity, and they had to do it with Cobblade. No, this no. is not call. This is nowhere near Affinity or Necropose. Or Necropose. This is worse. Uh, you're absolutely wrong. This um, deck was this, more dominant this is than Necro a ever was. This creature that goes and gets an equipment out of your deck, and it's a Planeswalker. Okay, the Planeswalker, I admit, is very, very good. If they ban Jace the Mind Sculptor, I'll buy it. Cool. Is, isn't Get it, rid of it. Isn't it more dominant because of the internet, though, than just the times? Well, and that's that's the other argument, is yeah. that we have all these open series, and we have more Grand Prix than we used to, and so Affinity... You just have the, people the who refuse that, to innovate. That is the only problem that is ever wrong with a metagame like this. The argument has been that... It, it's it's Casby. I feel like you're the epitome of stop bitch and start brewing, which is the yeah. I'm the epitome of shut the fuck up about banning cards when it's just a <laughs> it's a one two creature. Okay. I don't understand. It wasn't a matter of people not trying to innovate; they gave up trying to invent it. Right. That's yeah. I, I, I mean, I, Patrick Chapin. Patrick Chapin, the innovator, is, has a <laughs> I'm gonna suck Cobblade dick fest on it on Star City Games, and so I will, who's I will, Cobblade? I almost shot myself. Who's got Cobblade here? Me? I, I got here. I, this is play. All right. I'll play one of my fucking brews against you, okay? All right. The last two decks that I played in standard. Fuck it. The last four decks I played in standard. And we'll count the matches, okay? All right. Let me go get your keys, Mandy. Let's go. Like, I, I guarantee you. No, I will put up seven, seven to th- like wait. seventy thirty against you. Wait, d- no, there's matter what. no way. Seventy thirty. Seventy thirty. Give wait. me the key. Absolutely. No way. Absolutely. Give me the no key. way. Absolutely. Give me the key. I don't know. I kind of blacked out on that conversation, but it kind of sounded like Take you. You. Thre- <laughs> it kind of sounded like. Uh, I say you should do it for shots. It kind of sounded like you threatened to shot. play Cobblade, and then he threatened to walk out and leave forever because he didn't want to play against Cobblade ever again. I don't know. I blacked out during the conversation. Maybe that's not what happened. I don't really care. The I would fact- say the, the, the last two the tournaments last- that I went to, the, the last two like IQs or you know qualifiers or whatever the fuck, you know, super IQs, whatever, no, like, I was just like... Proxy? Can I just play Cobblade? Proxy Can I dead. just play Cobblade? The last two times we've had players give up on innovation trying to trying to fix a format was the Affinity Problem and Tolarian Academy. Well, well, Academy was a mess. 
Affinity was also kind of a mess. And once you have players give up innovation, they will stop showing up to shores, uh, stores because they, they believe that they cannot physically have a chance to win. It, when, okay. And that hurts the game. I feel I like... Mean, I don't know what to tell those people. Okay, I feel like banning both of the cards was a little excessive, and, and we probably could have gotten by with one or the other. Regardless of which one you want to pick, we probably would have seen a dramatic change... It if, been, yeah. if either of them got 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 banned. Yeah, see, a month ago, if they would have got rid of just Stonehorde Mystic, I would have been fine. I think the game would have migrated enough. There have been some people trying to innovate again. But they had to, in order to save face, they had to kill the deck entirely. I think so. And, and that's and why that's, they had to get rid of both. They wanted to stop everything from happening because it just ended up being too good. And maybe they had, they're, they're finally admitting that, well, Jace is about as far as we want to push a Planeswalker... We're probably not going to push a Planeswalker this far again. We knew that Elspeth was a really, really good card. Mm-hmm. And we, we we knew that. And then... We I kind, had no and idea then, Squadron Rock was playable. Well, and then we kind of said four mana for a Planeswalker might be the is. limit. Whenever we see a Planeswalker at four mana, that's when we have to take notice. Because that crap is really good. So we've got a couple other fringe Planeswalkers right now. Koth and Tezzeret. Those are both good guys they have playable stats they have decks that can be built around them and i'm waiting for those decks to shine but they couldn't shine when jace was in the format he just like they they just they didn't have a place to be right they they did huh? not survive I, like i mean you saw a, a number of decks survive. that played jace and tezzeret together but yeah, they like, couldn't survive i, I mean i they saw were, Boros they were second okay. place at what in at, singapore at singapore yeah I mean, that, obviously, and they were play- playing for Jason Boros, right? No, well, no but what? they were playing no. so far. It was a four right. stone torch with right. me, that but deck. It was a deck that didn't have both, right? And it got second place? It went 9 0 against Cobblade all day? What? Wait, wait a minute. Maybe You're you right. don't need to ban both those cards. Maybe you just need to have someone Chris, who knows how to fucking play the game play the game. But Chris. And that, somebody who decides like, it's to just be Mr. Dumbing down the game for kids who don't know how to play the game. Totally well, when some, di- some days, people are just Mr. Lucky. But asking people, some days, sometimes they are just they just sometimes they just go nine go against Goblin. asking people. Chris, asking people to just you like I'm gonna call up the hotline and they're gonna say, well, did you try did you try using a headshot or did did you try shooting him more? Did did you try to play better? How about like, shoot him in the back? These are these are yeah like these are not <laughs> things that you want the helpline to tell you. And right now, like when when Magic doesn't have a helpline, so. When you throw it out there to the populace of Magic, and the entire populace of Magic says back to you, I don't know how to beat it. Sorry, bro. I couldn't do it. I don't know what's going on, but that deck's so freaking good. Then all good, you have to do is like, I can't well, what do did it. you try? And they're like, well, I tried this deck I saw on the internet. I mean, Oh, really? What else did you try? That's well, not I tried even this true. other deck no, I tried No, no, no. Chris Casby, that's not even true. The coverage people from tournament, from Open Series and from Grand Prix, they go out of their way to find the people that are innovating, to find the interesting decks, uh-huh. and put and put them out on the forefront. I believe that this play sheet right here, when I was in Indianapolis, I had a fucking list. And I went through and said, okay, well, I'm just going to walk around to the top uh, to the top 25 tables during round seven, and I'm gonna, just going to tally up the number of decks and the archetypes that they're playing. I'm just going to write it down. I have uh, 17 Cobblade decks, seven Splinter Twin decks, and a smattering of aggro decks that amount to four, seven, nine, ten, less than the Cobblade in total. 
In totality, the aggro decks were not as great as the Cobblade and Splinter Twin decks. Easily. Well, and, I think and, the problem is that Jace wasn't expensive like, enough. Uh, <laughs> you're right. And I, I think that uh, like whether it was price holding people back from playing it or the fact that people just weren't willing to do it. I'll tell you that's, something that'll make me like, Who cares? The fact is people weren't willing to innovate or they couldn't innovate because they like people were certainly trying. There were a lot of decks that were certainly trying to do that, you know, and they couldn't. It, like when it came down to the end of a tournament, they weren't able to win. No, but that's what he was saying. Is, that's what he's saying is they gave up trying. But you're right. They, I, you know, what would really make me happy. You, you were talking about a health line. Uh, sorry, health line, and you were talking about people not brewing enough. Wizards could actually pay Jacob Van Lunen to stop doing building on a budget and start making real decks like he used to. Like he used because he's a real good player. If he started that, like literally, just was like, "Hey, I'm your pro on the inside. Check this." And he's, he'd just give you a deck and be like, this is standard playable. Check out. It probably costs $800. You know what? But it isn't Callblade. And it beats Callblade. Or it, at least on par with Callblade. Or it's like, well, why, are they, why, isn't, why can't Magic do that? Well, because that's what they do is they cater towards their building on a budget players. Maybe they, they cater towards have, their lower end players. Maybe they should just have Magic be a game of skill and strategy and weed out the fucking donks. Right, but then they're not making right. enough you money. Wanna, you you want a game that is that way. All right, you want to go to a game that's strictly strategy and skill? No. Yes. Whatever happens, <laughs> then explain what happened to both Netrunner and Versus. They have died because of that fact. I heard Versus was awesome. Versus. Uh, Versus, uh, Versus was right. widely Mike, regarded. Mike Holdsworth. Mike Holdsworth played that game from Jump Street, and he said that the problem with Versus was he was like, all right. He was trying to explain it to me in magic terms. He's like, all right, think about Magic the Gathering. I was like, okay, got it. He's like, now consider if every time they came out with a new set, it was five new colors. And I was like, okay. And he's like, all right, just absorb that because that's what Versus was. Problem with, well, Versus also <laughs> had a thing was the best players almost like, never lost. Made a deck, it was like a block deck. He was like, you can make a deck, and it was team synergistic, so you played mostly like 90% of your deck was from the set that it came from. And then you had like one or two fringe cards from other sets that just made it some broken combo. And I was just like, that sounds awful. And he's like, yeah, every deck was like that. But it was widely regarded as a very skill-testing format right. that people loved to play. And that, that it, it, it walked down the exact same road that people were using the argument for now, which is Cobblade isn't a problem. The best player always wins. If the best player always wins and they use the most skill to win and they come prepared for a tournament the best, if they then were, they deserve to win well, and they should win. But then you start having the problem with people who aren't the best players who can't win and eventually give up trying. Right. Well, and, and then your product makes no money. Right. And if your product doesn't make any money, it turns out it's pretty hard to put out new product and stay in business. I mean, if you tell every kid who never top eight a Star City event, like, hey, guess what? Jerry T's better than you. You're never going to beat Jerry T. Okay. Like, is that, he going to give up playing the game? If he does, then, then like, I don't okay, know what to that's say. The like, biggest that's, that's draw the of Magic is that in chess, a, uh, a really high-rated player should never lose to a 1,600-rated player. But in Magic, that can happen. Right. A grandmaster in chess will never lose will to a 1,600. Ne- exactly. Will never. Right. It, it, yes, it sucks. It's a reality of this game that it's a luck-based game. It's it's partially eh, based in game. No, no, no it's, it's not luck-based. Luck it is okay. It, it has a factor no, of luck. It is you not luck-based. You are absolutely luck wrong. There is a luck-based component no, to this game. There's a factor of it in luck, but it's not luck-based. It is 
a portion skill, there is a portion of this game based in luck. A portion yes. number okay. crunching and a portion variance. Okay. Hey, should I should I not, not use the word luck? Should I use the word chance? You shouldn't use the word. Should base. I use the word chance? Is it a you chance based game? You should use the word variance. You should, your variance. Sure. You should okay. not use the word based because the game is based in skill and card value. Whatever terms you're comfortable using, the fact is that this young kid can walk into a tournament with a piece of shit deck and have every single opponent he ever sits down against mulligan to five and then get land screwed and he can win he could win it is theoretically possible this is a fact of the game right but that'll never happen that'll never happen but the fact is that that's what keeps players coming back it's is, statistically is improbable that so wait a minute wait a minute so all these little kids who are showing up to these star cities events they're hoping to show up and have their opponent Mold of five and, and be up. mana screwed no. for seven to ten rounds. Yep. There's, they, so yep. they can top eight. They're yep. That's why these kids are paying $25 of their allowance. That's why I come to a tournament. To Is that not why you come to a tournament? Oh, Jesus. I mean, I know that's why you go to a tournament. <laughs> what are you saying over here? You hey. took blue, black, and troll to a tournament, sir. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Shut up. Our guest has something important to say. You guys are fucking retarded. <laughs> we we never have important things to say. Why would I assume our guests do, sir? Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Otwell, I'm sorry. You have the floor. Have fun. <laughs> I lost my train of thought at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Okay. Chris Otwell, I, I know that you didn't try the beer of the week. I'm sorry about that. But you did try. We, we have got the beer of the week in front of him. No, we? sir. We have dueling beers of the week. Uh, yes, Boddington? sir. Yep. That's right. But you had to look at it. Like, if you if you had no, This is not a Foster's, sir. Uh, it Chris, might as well be. Chris, did you hear the episode where I tried to bring a Foster's on the cast and they shunned me? Yeah. I literally, like, I literally got shunned off the podcast because I tried to drink a Foster's as the beer of the week. You know, that made me laugh because Foster's is so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. It is terrible. I never had it. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Otwell. <laughs> yeah, you're the man. I don't... I never you heard had it from the MTG Cast Network gay. I never beer. had. Fosters. If you show up to Colorado, I'll introduce you to some good beer. I, no, like I just, I never had Fosters before, and it, it had, it had <laughs> terrible. It had, I mean, it's from Australia. I'm saying, like, it wasn't a good beer, but it was a beer that I had never tried before. It's like, and, it's like drinking Keystone Light. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know that's that. Awful. I didn't <laughs> know that. Have so, you ever had Keystone Light? No. Oh, well, that's don't. Next beer. Next, that's next. Hey guys, they, they're allowed to drink this in Utah. That's how good this beer is. <laughs> Awful. Hey. Um, Chris, will you will you tell me about the beer you drank? This is the Orange Blossom, which is, as it says, it's a cream ale with a honey and orange peel flavor to it, which is actually not bad. It's, it kind of reminds me of like a bison from Germany, it's like, a, so like a fruity bison. So when I saw it and, and when we got this beer, I, I looked at it and I said, oh, well, this is just a rip-off Blue Moon, whatever. I don't like, like, no, it's not like that at all. Like when it says it's a cream ale, yeah. I really didn't, it, it kind of tastes like an orange creamsicle and a beer together. Awesome. But a very mild flavor. Well, sure. I mean, like it's a beer. Yeah. Like it, 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 it's mostly beer, unless but when you, you know, creamsicle. But creamsicle, I don't think of mild. <laughs> yeah. um, so if you want to know what this tastes like, go to your grocer's not... freezer, pick up a creamsicle, yeah. and put it in your butt. Melt it, melt it, and then put it inside of a Keystone Light. <laughs> Keystone Light is awful. Uh, for I, anything I, out there, for people who like wheat Absolutely. beers or fruit or fruit-based wheat beers. 
This is like a very light version of a fruit leaf beer. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I, so. I am so excited that it's, right. it, that it's summertime again, and that I can start drinking uh, Budweiser's Golden Wheat again. I, I call me a sellout. I know it's a mainstream beer. I don't care. That's Gold- not available year round. Either? Yeah, no, it's available year round. But like, come on, like you don't drink wheat beers during the winter. Like, uh, not- I, did. I used to go through shock tops like go tomorrow. God, sure. I can't wait till summertime when I can just go to my grocer's beer aisle and pick up Zima again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can only drink Zima when it's summertime. It's like 2001? I don't know. Huh? I was making fun of you, sir. Oh, well. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if you can find me a Zima, I'll drink it. Like, literally. Like, if, if there is a Zima it's in existence. sophisticated. <laughs> Wow. Worst camp, worst ad campaign ever. Where they make all this all the S's into Z's. Yes. Oh man. Wow. Okay, so uh, Chris Burroughs and I were drinking Boddington's pub ale. And Chris Burroughs, I'll get I'll go ahead and give you Oh wow. Oh, that was geez. really I'll, loud and obnoxious. I will read it. Who knew it? that throwing a can on a table would make a rap? Yeah, well I'm sorry. Uh, like basically Chris, I'm giving this to you because you brought over a bunch of ales from England. So I'm giving you all the English ales from now on. Enjoy. Uh, actually, I'm going to need you to talk more about it since I'm very sick. Although I do really like Boddington's, uh, I just could not even taste it. Well, it's it hard so. for him to read it because it's all written in this foreign language. Yeah, it's called uh, English. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's coming it's, from the guy who actually has two PBRs in front of him. Yeah, sure. Are you, are you not, you're not familiar with the People's Beer of Richmond? Oh, he's See, familiar. Spool <laughs> Ribbon. All right, when I was growing up, that was considered trash beer that only college students would even touch. Yep. 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 And it almost died out entirely. It got bought out by, like, it was like Miller, Anheuser, Bush, or somebody who brought it back. Yes, it did. It's like, why did they have to bring it back? Guess what? It's still garbage (laughs) beer. Yep. Suitable only for college students. No, we we completely understand that the PBR is a trash beer that only college students drink and completely sucks. But to be fair, however, when I was going to some of the PTQs at the American Inn in Denver, it was sitting next to a bar that had that on tap, and I would drink like a pitcher between rounds occasionally. Yes, sir. <laughs> like, uh, I, so I, it's because only four serious. bucks for a full pitcher. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> go to go to a bar in the city; they will have PBR on tap. Yeah, I'm, see, that's only that's only something that's like in the last five years you'll find PBR now on tap again. Yep. It was gone for like twenty years. Yep. It was like, in, some, you know what? Whoever had to bring it back, I don't know why they brought it back. If you're looking but, for a budget beer on tap, PBR is it, and that's been, that's been the dark underbelly of the Scrubland podcast for a long time. If you guys didn't know. We just crush PBRs. Pabs Blue Ribbon is pretty much what the Scrubland podcast is fueled by. Yes. Uh, when I was, when I was drinking, <laughs> I never drink that shit. Chris, Chris Otwell here to oh, expose sorry. us. PBR and whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we don't make it sound dirty. <laughs> but at least you guys have some taste in beers, you know. Y- y'all do have some taste in beers. I'll admit that, but you know, I don't know. I, I, we, I, I will drink PBR if I have to. Whereas I will not touch Budweiser if I can help it. If there's ever a situation where my life depended on drinking PBR, I mean, if I had I to choose between, it, if I had to choose between High Life, Budweiser, and PBR, I would choose PBR. Oh, I, there just, you go. I just parachuted into this desert, and there was a cooler, but it only had Budweiser in it. So I guess Damn I'll just it. die if instead. If I had to shoot myself with a shotgun, a Magnum, or a revolver, yeah. There you go. Oh, you see the oasis on the on the horizon, and it's just girls in bikinis holding Budweisers. You just turn around and go the other way. Yeah. Like, fuck it. Just yeah. the, no, not... Because you know what you're going to get. Once you get there, you're going to see that damn dog. <laughs> 
Be like, fuck you, Spuds McKenzie. I hate you. We're going to get so much action from these girls and I have to watch. Screw that. I'm yep. out of here. Yeah. PBR yep. it is. Barbecue Spuds McKenzie. Um, there's some there's a, tattooed girl. You know there's the a song called Barbecue Spuds McKenzie? What? There's a song called Barbecue Spuds McKenzie. Wow. Like, barbecue him? Like, yeah. put him on the grill? Yeah. Cool. It must be an Asian song. No. I'm not. Asians eat dogs. Dude. No. It's something I got off of <laughs> Dr. Demento like 20 years ago. You can look it up. Huh. I'm not down with this. What? But, but see, I grew up being spoiled by beer in Germany when I was teenagers. You grew up in Germany? Yeah, I grew up in Germany. I spent... What? I lived there for eight years. But Sweet. when you were 14, you could go to a bar and order alcohol when you are 14 in Germany. Mm-hmm. You could go to a liquor store and buy hard liquor when you are 16. Or beer... They sold beer in high school <laughs> at the cafeterias. 14 was a bit young for a liquor. They, they yeah. figured 16 was... Well, they didn't let you... Do, the thing was... Appropriate. Is that, they also made it so you were not allowed to drive a car to you at 21. And you had to pass a test that cost you five grand out of pocket to take in order to develop it. Then wait until you so, are a well seasoned alcoholic before exactly. they put you behind the wheel. And you know of the what? Car. They have far less alcohol accidents than we do in the U.S. Yeah, you just. But you get all you your learn. party. All the party drinking gets out of your system. Long right? before it matters, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they have these things called beer fests, which are these uh, like carnivals that go to town to town where they actually celebrate beer as well as like carnival rides and stuff. It's kind of cool. Heck yeah. But. <laughs> That sounds awful. But I grew up on 8% here, beer in Germany. And then we're going to put you on the spinny thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Throw up on your neighbor. Oh. Wow. So, all right. We're, I wow. guess we could touch on our viewer requests. But, oh, by the way, oh, Pad- Paddington's... Oh, uh, I don't know. know. Uh, let me just finish this beer review. Paddington's Pub Ale is... Boddington? Uh, um, uh, Paddington Station? <laughs> like Paddington Bear? B-O-D-D-I-N-G-T-O-N-S. It's like... It's creamy and nice and yummy. It was fine. It 1970, was... Or 1778 was the first brewed at Stringled... Okay, that's really long. That's really long. We're not going to worry about that. Uh, It's 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 like the history of the beer rather than the way the beer tastes. It it comes in a bright yellow can, and that's why I bought it. Because it looked delicious. Because it looks like It also says, (laughs) imported from Bitten. Yeah, exactly. And we haven't had an English beer on the the cast in a while. And I had to to resurrect the segment. You're right. You're right. Chris, you've got to go back to the UK and bring us back some beers again. Obviously. I can do that. My cousin's begging me to come back. All right. Anyway, uh, oh, drought flow system. So that's back? the okay. So yeah. it even even has the uh, even talks about the nitrogen cartridge inside. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I got really freaked out because I thought that there was like a cork or something in my can. No, it's that's... like a little toy for yeah. when you're done with your beer. Oh, it's supposed to keep you it fresh. It out. I don't know. I can't stand the nitrogen-based canned beer. Whereas, like, I can drink Giddis on tap, but I don't care for it in cans. Mm. Yeah, I feel the same way. So where can they find us? Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. You have to come here and right. give us your feedback in person. How about on the internet? MTGcast.com, obviously. Obviously. And number two. Nobody uses that website. Scrubblandpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. If you have any cool deck lists if, uh, or anything you want to talk to us about or ask us. And also Scrubland Podcast on Facebook. We always need more friends. We are lonely people. And we take your feedback very seriously. Like, literally. Yeah, it, we actually it, really do. it hurts my feelings when you guys say that you took a week off and I think that you quit forever. Yeah. That actually hurts my feelings. No, that, just means they're <laughs> wait, that, that means they're patiently waiting for your next episode. Aww. I mean, like it's it's nice to be missed. It's not nice to be thought of as the guys who will just flake out at any moment. So, <laughs> no, we, we already got podcasters do that as it is. Hell, we got Raiders. 
I mean, they listen to our cast before. They're like, they don't seem like responsible. Yeah, they're comments. like, oh, I don't know if those guys are ever going to do this again. Yeah. I mean, it happens to be episode 44, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> At least you guys found a niche that no other podcast handles anymore. Yeah. Uh, we did what? what? You found a niche. The, we found a niche? The beer, it's the beer, the beer episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we found the niche in the, the magic community of the drunks. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Sweet. We are the town drunks of MTG Cast. All right. I'll, awesome. I'll take it. I'll ta- anything. Whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'll take it. All right, guys. That's going to do it. <laughs> guys, I love you very much. We're out of here. Uh, please, please. I, uh, next week, we're going to come back, and we're going to see some sweet-ass decks. Yes. Maybe. Wait a minute. Next week? No, the, the the week after that. Baltimore is not the Baltimore's old format, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Yes. I hate the sack. <laughs> Damn it! I just what? love any format where I only have to beat one. Well, at least things this way. The <laughs> announcement's only ten days before rotation, as opposed to it used to be thirty days before rotation. Dude. I, okay. Uh, that that doesn't make me feel any better, honestly. <laughs> what? One more weekend? You're just gonna you're just gonna shoot yourself then. Alright. Well, That's gonna do it for the Scrollway podcast. <laughs> I hear something else. You uh, play the if new you guys format. happen to get an episode next week, who knows? <laughs> you can play I the new format signing off possibly for the last time. This is D Sale. Chris Casby, Chris Burroughs, and special guest host Chris Alwell. Thanks for being here, buddy. Thanks. See you around. <laughs>